Hi, I'm Ollie Neal, and welcome to Staying Connected, part of the Equip Project podcast. Staying Connected is a 12-week series focusing particularly on those having to self-isolate because of the coronavirus pandemic. We're aware that being stuck at home can be lonely, so we hope that each short episode will remind Christians of their unity as members of the body of Christ. In each episode, we'll have a Bible reading, a short thought, a prayer, and a final song. Today, I'm delighted to introduce our first guest contributor to the Equip Project. David Russell is a Bible teacher at Crescent Church in Belfast. He works as an estate agent by day and an artist by night. David is going to be speaking on Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. So let's read that passage together. Verse 22 says, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I'm sure I'm not alone in saying this, but this is one of my favourite stories in the Bible. This amazing moment when the Lord comes walking through the storm on the Sea of Galilee. This incredible demonstration and assurance of his sovereignty and divine control over nature itself. And then, of course, Peter stepping out of the boat in faith and walking on the water as well. But what we sometimes overlook when we read this story is what happened before that. This took place just after the feeding of the 5,000. And while the Lord Jesus dismissed the crowds, he told the disciples to go over to the other side of the sea. So they got into the boat and with no warning, in no time at all, they suddenly found themselves in the heart of the fiercest storm they had ever encountered. They were far away from the land, right in the middle of the sea. Fishermen like Peter knew exactly how to handle a boat during a storm. They were experts. They could deal with whatever came their way. But this was very different. This was uncharted territory. In this storm, they were making no headway whatsoever. They couldn't get back on solid ground no matter what they did. They couldn't go forward. They couldn't go back. All they could do was hold on for dear life. Eventually, nine hours had gone by and they were still there, exhausted from struggling the entire night and barely able to hold on any longer. And that night, they must have wondered, where is Jesus? Why did he send us out into this? 
Just a few hours ago, we saw him feed 5,000 people with a couple of loaves and a few fish. We saw that he has the power to do the impossible. So, where is he now? Does he not know that we're out here? Does he not know that we need his help? Does he not know that we're about to die? During a similar storm in Mark chapter 4, as the boat was filling up with water, the disciples said, Master, do you not care that we're perishing? The Gospel of John gives us a chilling description of this scene during the storm. He says, It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. And we don't need to stretch the text very far to relate to what the disciples were going through, do we? Each one of us are in the middle of an unexpected storm, totally outside our experience. All of us, in our different ways, are very far from the solid ground of what's safe and familiar. We're all just holding on for dear life. For those of us who are vulnerable or with vulnerable loved ones, it can be a terrifying and exhausting struggle, full of uncertainties and difficult questions. And maybe the most difficult question for disciples today is the same as the disciples' question then. Where is the Lord? What is the Lord doing? Why has he allowed us to sail into the middle of this situation? We might have friends and family in hospital, in critical care, with no guarantee of the outcome. Some of us might work on the front line. Some of us might be terrified of setting one foot outside our own front door because we are high risk. And your prayer might have been, Master, do you not care that we're perishing? You might be straining to see him through the wind and the waves, but he's nowhere in sight. Your experience at this moment might be summed up by those same haunting words. It is now dark. And Jesus has not come. But look again at where he was during that long, dark night of the storm. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. He was on a mountain top praying to his father. At the start of this chapter, Christ had learned that his cousin John the Baptist had been executed by Herod. And as he went to go to find somewhere to be by himself, somewhere to grieve, somewhere to pray to God about this, a multitude of people in need came looking for his help. And he felt such compassion for them that he helped them all. And once they had all been helped and they had all been fed, he went up this mountain to be alone, to process the loss that he had experienced, to bring it to God. Don't ever think that Christ didn't feel loss and pain and sorrow the way we do. If anything, as God made flesh, he felt it even more deeply. And also, he had a huge mission lying ahead of him, not to mention all the trials that he was soon to face in Jerusalem. The Lord Jesus had a lot to pray about. But just because he was alone praying doesn't mean that he had forgotten about his friends. Quite the opposite. 
Because the first thing we see is that he went to the very place where they would never be out of his sight. From where he was, overlooking the sea, he could see everything that was happening to them. We are never out of his sight for one moment. From heaven today, he never takes his eyes off us. When you worry about your finances, when you worry if there's still going to be a job for you at the end of all this, and how you're going to provide for your family, and what your future is going to be, he sees all of your anxieties. He never looks away. But if that was true, then why didn't he do something to help his friends on the sea? Well, he did. And this is the second thing we see from the mountaintop. Can I suggest that as he prayed, during those nine long dark hours, he prayed for them. He held them up to God as they came to the very end of themselves. As we struggle with the situation we found ourselves in, the solid ground on which we can stand is that the same Christ is praying for us. Today, at his Father's right hand, we have a great high priest who is able to save to the uttermost, to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He's our advocate. He's our great defender. He is always pleading our case to the Father. His work in saving us is finished, but his work in caring for us never ends. He's active on our behalf right this moment. Whenever we're tempted, whenever we're wandering off, whenever we're in trouble, whenever we're afraid, whenever our faith falters. I work for a lettings agency and part of my job involves mediating between tenants and landlords. So if I go to inspect someone's house and I can see that they're having some kind of problem, that something isn't right in the house, maybe there's signs of damp coming through a wall or their central heating isn't working properly, it's my responsibility to take that problem to the landlord, to bring the situation to them and ask for their help. So we're actively working on behalf of the tenant behind the scenes, even when the tenant can't see it. And it's the same with Christ. Robert Murray McShane said, If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet the distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. And his high priestly prayer in John 17 gives us a glimpse of what he's praying for right now in heaven. He prayed for his people's preservation, that God would keep them forever, that they would be kept from the evil one, that they wouldn't lose their faith or fall away. And he prayed for their sanctification, that they would be set apart to God to live for him. And he prayed for their unification, that they would keep loving one another practically. And he asks for the same for you and me today. In John 17 he said, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. He doesn't always keep us from the storms. And we won't always understand why until we reach the other side. But if he has sent us there, then he wants our faith and witness to persevere through it. And he wants us to walk closer with him during it. And he wants us to love one another 
in what we say and do as a part of the same body during times like these. So can I encourage all of us during this uncertainty to raise our eyes to him, to draw near to him in Bible reading and prayer and to consciously look out for the emotional and physical and spiritual needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ. However alone you might feel, he's interceding for you. And he can intercede for you like nobody else can, because he knows exactly what you're going through. He carried all of your griefs and all of your sorrows on the cross. Jesus knows. When the darkness fell on Calvary, he was there alone, swamped by the waves and billows of eternal wrath. It was dark and God was nowhere to be found. And it's precisely because of that that we'll never be alone. He'll never leave us. He'll never take his eyes off us. And he'll never stop praying for us. And as surely as he was when he came walking on those waves that the disciples were so afraid of, the Lord of creation is still in control today. Be still, my soul. The waves and winds still know his voice who ruled them while he dwelt below. And as we live through these uncertain days, take comfort and encouragement from the one who loves you, from the one who prays for you always, the one who says, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, in this storm, when we're afraid, when we can't understand what's going on, when it feels like you're far away, Lord, thank you for the reassuring truth of this passage. Lord, we've seen that you feel our pain. We've seen that Jesus knows what it is to experience loss and suffering and isolation. And Lord, we are never out of your sight. You never take your eyes off us. You see all our fears, all of our anxieties, and you care. Lord Jesus, you pray for us. You're our great defender, and your work in caring for us never ends. Lord, you don't always keep us from the storms, and we don't always understand why. But you will enable us to keep going, to persevere, to love one another, until that day when faith becomes sight and the hardships fade away in the light of your presence, in the warm embrace of your nail-scarred hands. Then we'll know. Then we'll understand. So we trust you, Lord, in this storm. And we take comfort from your words, It is I. Don't be afraid. Amen. When I fear my faith will fail Christ will hold me fast When the tempter would prevail He will hold me fast I could never keep my hold Through life's fearful path For my love is often cold He must hold He will hold me fast
those he saves are his delight Christ will hold me fast precious in his holy side he will hold me fast he'll not let my soul be lost his promises shall Justice has been satisfied. He 